by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Psalm 73:26 says, My health may fail and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. And in times like this, you know, people's health is failing. People's spirituality may feel like it. Sometimes it's growing weak. How many have has recognized that this life is more like a marathon than a sprint? And there are times when you just grow weak and you just seem to need a, a boost, a charge. And that's what we're going to talk about today. What do we do when our battery runs down? Well, here it says that my God remains the strength of my heart and he is mine forever. So I really don't have to be concerned. I know in whom I believe. I know where to turn. I know where my help comes from. Me and my wife, Angie, we went fishing recently over at Arca Butler Lake. I say fishing loosely for Angie. She was in the back reading a book. But she goes with me sometimes. And I was just intently jigging my little thing, trying to catch a crappie, you know. And in, in my subconscious, I heard back there a boat trying to crank. I heard it try to crank a couple times, didn't crank. And I was thinking to myself, uh, they may need, you know, us to pull them out. of. But before I even got that thought out of my head, I hear this whistle. And, of course, on the water, you can't tell where it's coming from. And I'm looking. I thought I imagined that. But they do give you a whistle. They make you put a whistle in your boat for in case your boat goes down. You, you can whistle at people. I'm saying, but I've never heard anybody use it. I mean, most time it's men fishing. We're not going to ask for help, right? I'd swim back to shore before I'd ask for help. But I heard somebody blow the whistle first time in my life. And uh, then I heard it again. And I looked way across the lake, and these two yahoos were doing this number here. And I said, well, that was awful quick. I said, come on, Angie. I pulled the trolling motor up, and we... We puttered over there and got to them. Two young guys, probably in their mid-20s, but, you know, when you get to my age, everybody looks like teenagers. But they were yahoos, you know. They were having a good time. They weren't worried about it. Can we get a boost? Our battery's dead. They had this big old ugly motor. I don't know. I think it's like called a gator tail or something. It's something made for riding in the mud, getting in real shallow water. Makes a lot of noise. Got a big fan motor on it and everything. Big, weird, loud contraption. And uh, he said, let me just put my leads on your battery and get a charge. I said, all right. So we pulled up there and, and did, and he got that big old thing cracked, blah, 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 making all this noise. And the, the other guy was showing us the one fish they had caught. It, it reminded me so much of when I was happy-go-lucky teenager. You know, me and my friend, we used to go fishing. I remember the time we backed our boat in the water and forgot to put the plug in the boat and Spent the rest of the morning trying to bail all the water out. Or There was also that time that I told Hal, I said, let's see how fast this thing will go in reverse. <laughs> and the, the back end of the boat went underwater. We spent the rest of that morning bailing water. But anyway, some people 
are happy-go-lucky, they ain't worried about it. And apparently these guys were, so they took off in their big fan motor, and me and Angie went back to fishing. And that would be the end of the story. You'd think those guys would go straight to the dock and put their boat up or go get, their, get them a new battery. But about 30 minutes later, I hear a noise coming down like, here's that big fan boat. The rest of the morning, these guys are zooming up and down the lake. They ain't worried about it. And now I realize why they were so quick to wave us down and blow the whistle. That probably wasn't the first time they'd been jumped off this morning. Wouldn't it be nice if we could all be so happy-go-lucky? Just zoom through life, not worrying about a thing. But most of us grow up and we get things called responsibilities. <laughs> and it becomes a little more difficult to, to just zoom around the lake without a care in the world. I've been preaching a lot about storms lately. I preached about how Jesus calms the storm, how Jesus walked on the storm. We talked about how we built our house so that we can withstand the storm. But a lot of the storms these days seem to be raging on the inside. Now, I know we just got a production crew here, but can I get an amen? I think we all at least are tempted to get a little anxious with the situation in the world. Uh, what's my kids going to do about their education? Uh, where are we going to get milk? How are we going to eat? What about my job? Am I going to be laid off? All these situations. How am I going to get back to the boat dock? And so these storms are raging on the inside. How do we summon the courage to laugh in the face of adversity? How do we keep moving forward on the offensive, on the charge, charging the gates of hell when our strength seems no stronger than a leaky water pistol. But Christians, aren't we the overcoming ones? I mean, hey, we're more than overcomers in Christ Jesus. So what do we do? Well, I was thinking about some things we can do, and, and one of the things we can do is put things in perspective. Because we often think that what's happening to us is the worst thing ever because it's happening to us, right? But if you think about throughout the generations, every generation has had this time of testing. I mean, I, I don't know of a generation that just slips through without any, nothing bad happening. I mean, you're not going to live this whole 80, 90 years down here, if you're blessed, without a time of testing of your faith. Uh, you know, before my generation, it was like Vietnam. Before that, it was... World War II and the Great Depression, World War I, there's, there's always something. Just, just since I've been alive, we've had to endure disco, breakdancing, that Macarena thing. I mean, and here lately, what about the toilet paper shortage of 2020? <laughs> This, is, this may be our time of testing. It may not be. But you can know that every step that you take in this life is going to be a fight. Because this is a sin-fallen world. And this ain't heaven yet. Can I get another amen? amen. <laughs> Let's get a little bit more perspective. 
We've got a missionary to Tanzania in Africa. His name is Glenn Roseberry. I saw a post he had the other day talking about the coronavirus, putting it in a little perspective. He said the death rate here in Tanzania due to malaria is in the hundreds of thousands annually anyway. Hundreds of thousands? He said combine that with HIV, cholera, typhoid, TB, meningitis, etc. He said this virus is a long way from really causing deaths in any number to compete with the reality of Africa's shortened life expectancy. Or even the high murder rate in some surrounding countries. Basically, he says, we already have death in plague-like numbers all the time. Nobody said this wouldn't be a fight. We just got to keep things in perspective. We're all in a fight. But let's look at God's perspective. That's a little bit of my perspective. That's a little bit of Glenn's perspective. But God says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17 and 18, I'm going to read it out of the King James Version. I cut my teeth on the King James. It says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Wait, what? A light affliction? But for a moment? Now see, God, to God, a day is like a thousand years, a thousand years like a day. So to him, our whole existence down here, this maybe 120 years at the most, to him it's like a breath. And he says it's just a moment. But a light affliction? Come on, God. I mean, some of us are losing loved ones. Some of us are handicapped. Some of us have lost our jobs. Some of us can't make, the, make our payroll. There's all kind of things. Are these really light afflictions? Well, if you're looking at it from God's perspective, and maybe we should, maybe that's the case. Because it goes on to say, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. In other words, all of this too shall pass. <laughs> all of this is subject to change. Do you know even the heavens and the earth will melt with a fervent heat and there will be a new heaven and a new earth? All this is going to change. Everything in this natural realm changes. But God never changes. And he says, don't look at the stuff that's changing. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. He wrote the story of your life. He's going to get you through this. He'll get you back to the dock. You just need Jesus in the boat. And when we look back, two billion years from now, three billion, from wherever we're sitting, we're going to realize this was but for a moment. And it was a light affliction. Our faith reminds us that Abba Father is watching over us. Did you ever watch The Lion King? You know, baby Simba, he was never more confident sticking that chest out when he knew Mufasa had his back, right? And that's the way we should be. 
there's a King Jehoshaphat in the Old Testament. In 2 Chronicles 20, verse 9, he says, If calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name. And we will cry out to you in our distress, and you will hear us and save us. Man, that is a statement of faith. And he would later act on that faith, and he would see the miracles. He would get the boost that he needed. I'm telling you, when calamity comes upon us, whether it's plague, famine, the sword, whatever, we're going to stand in your presence, God. We're going to keep coming to your temple that bears your name, and we're going to cry out, and we're going to take it by faith that you hear us, and you are going to deliver us as your people. Because your people are not appointed to wrath. If you're experiencing increasing amounts of fear, dread, despair, maybe boredom, it's simply the results of a tepid prayer life. And you're neglecting the word of God. Because if you keep Jesus near you keep your eyes on Jesus. You're going to be, you're going to, your boat's going to be boosted. Your battery's going to be full charge. Many people are looking at me now and saying, Pastor, you need to be more reverent. You're always trying to be funny. You're being silly in serious times. Hey, I've read the end of the book. We win. I spend time in the presence of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Are you kidding me? How am I going to act any other way? Man, we need to stand up in the front of this boat and have a good time. When I became pastor about six years ago, I mean, I get to spend all my time in the Word of God. I get to pray always. I, I'm always listening for his voice. I'm fellowshipping, worshiping. I get to spend time with God so that I can hear from him and, and come and tell you what he's wanting you to hear. I get to preach and, and spend my life doing what I feel like I was created to do. And so then my first vacation came. I mean, I don't, I don't get a lot of vacations, but somewhere along there I had a, a week off or something, and we were going to go on vacation. And I thought to myself, usually when you go on vacation, you you get away from work. I said, how's this work? And one time, not the first time, but one of those times I had a vacation, a couple of days or something, I said, I'm not going to read the Bible. I'm, a, I'm just saturated. I, I, need a, I need a break. from. That was the worst vacation ever. Uh-uh. When I go on vacation, the first thing before I go, I say, God, you're going with me, so, so give us good weather. <laughs> You know, God, you're going with me. I'm a, I want to spend this time to get closer to you. Amen or oh me, I don't know. Isaiah 26, verse 3 says, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. Do you have that perfect peace today? He says, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. See, that's the thing. Where are our thoughts fixed to? It says, trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. 
He's the battery pack. He's the booster. What do they call it? The battery charger. But you've got to fix your thoughts. That's your connection to the battery. I've learned to redirect my time and redirect my mind. You want to know why I'm happy? You want to know why the joy of the Lord is my strength? Because I, I redirect this thing and I fix my thoughts on those things that are good. And my actions. I, I don't just do any crazy old thing, think any crazy old thing. And I don't let situations knock me off my rock. Turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 15. It says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. I guess that's the crux of this message today. Let's make the most of this opportunity in these evil days. I mean, what's in you is going to rise to the top when you're under pressure, right? So let's make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. It says don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Are you completely sure what you're doing right now is what the Lord wants you to do? It says don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Do I even need to go there? I mean, some people are using this opportunity to, to numb the pain, so to speak. But that's just doubling the pain. It's masking it for a moment. That's not the way. Don't be drunk with wine. That'll ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, let's stop a moment. Come on, Holy Ghost filled church. Let's stop a moment. Just ask God, refill me, Lord. If you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, lift your hands right now and welcome him in. He is the power of God. Holy Spirit, I trust you. I welcome you into my heart, into my life. You, you will show me things to come. Teach me everything Jesus said. Man, you, I need you, Holy Spirit. If you're a Christian and, you, and you're not building yourself up in the most holy faith, praying in other tongues. You need to get filled with the Holy Ghost, with the power of God. Come on, church. We don't need to be a powerless, ineffective church. Did you hear my prayer when I said, let my speech and my preaching not be with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. And the church needs power for this hour. We don't need to be looking like everybody else, dressing like everybody else, acting like everybody else, talking about the things that they talk, drinking and cussing and, and partying. Unless it's a Holy Ghost party. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. It says singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves. That means you, you're staying in contact with everybody. Because you can't sing among yourselves unless you're... Making it a, 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 a you're, you're trying to reach out, right? Making music to the Lord in your hearts. It says, and give thanks for everything. 
to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. My friends, this is not the time to swipe your way into oblivion. This is not the time to dwell on things that, that have no value in the spiritual realm. This is the time to press into God, to take ownership of your thoughts, redirect your mind to godly thinking. Now is the time to rise and shine. Now, I know a lot of people has heard this preaching about 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5, that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. See, our power is not our own. Our power is in God. And if we stay hooked up to our, our battery source, if we, the power source, if we stay hooked up, we can pull down these strongholds. And strongholds are things that have held your mind captive. All the lies that you have believed throughout the years. All the habits that you have formed that you think are right, but you know are not doing God honor and not helping your situation. Those strongholds need to come down, and they come down in the power of God. Our, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We can't just do it in our own strength, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down of arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing every thought, every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Fix your thoughts. They're broken. All of our thoughts are broken. But if, the more we stare into this word of God and the truth enters in, we begin to fix our thoughts on the way to fix our lives. This is how you fix your life. You fix your thoughts. on Whatsoever things are true and lovely, you keep, keep those things in your heart. And you'll be acting a clown like me. Philippians 4.8 says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Don't dwell on the negative. Paul could have dwelled on the negative. He was in the prison cell when he wrote that. And this was after he had been imprisoned many times and whipped and beaten with rods and stone and left for dead, shipwrecked facing danger in the seas and in the deserts, enduring cold, sleepless, hungry, thirsty nights, and continually having to herd the cats down at the local church. You pastors say amen on that. But he fought the good fight. He ran his course. He finished his race with style because he kept his eyes on Jesus. Last week, we talked about Jesus doing the same thing. He redirected his pain to help others. When he wanted to grieve the loss of his cousin, John the Baptist, wanted to go alone, but he saw the people were like sheep without a shepherd. And he said, you know what? I'm not going to focus. I'm not going to fix my thoughts on my pain, my uncomfortable situation and maybe you're in an uncomfortable situation and you're thinking nobody else is going through that but what I'm trying to give you today is perspective we're all going through that but some of us have to rise up somebody's gonna have to say enough is enough I'm getting my eyes off myself and I'm getting my eyes on others there's a world out there it's like sheep without a shepherd 
And guess what? You can be a shepherd for the Lord Jesus Christ. Outward focus is the best medicine for your own hurt. So use this time. Use this time. God has given us a special opportunity here. Pray and listen to God. You, you know, I'm not talking about throwing up your prayer list to God and saying amen. I'm talking about not a monologue. I'm talking about a dialogue. Pray and then listen. Meditate. Hear the voice of God. Get a plan for your life and then begin to walk it out with him. That's faith in a nutshell right there. Hear the voice of God. Do the voice of God. With him. Faith, my friends. Redeem the time. Talked about last week. Keep on reaching out to each other. Find ways to reach this lost. I ask you today to share about our live streaming today. Many of you did that. I want you to understand on Facebook, a lot of people think that Facebook is everybody sees the same thing. They don't. Your friends are not seeing my post. That's why I ask you to share it because it goes to your friends. I don't have access to your friends. So when you see an advertisement from the church, share it with your friends. Go a step further and private message them. Call them. Text them. When we get out of this quarantine, go see them. Do the will of God. Let's grow his kingdom. Be like Jesus. You take the things that the world meant for harm and you turn them to good. You know the devil was partying like there's no tomorrow. We killed Jesus until the resurrection. <laughs> Your house is not supposed to be a tomb. It's supposed to be a resurrection party waiting to happen. Don't let your life and your, and your house become a tomb. Resurrect the plan of God in your life. You provide the faith. God provides the power. Redirect your time and your mind. Redirect your mind from tribulation to triumph. Let's have that Holy Ghost party, church. Some people in this world... They don't worry because they just don't know any better. They're too ignorant to worry. <laughs> They're happy-go-lucky yahoos out there riding, riding the lake. But some of us don't worry for a different reason because we got Jesus in the boat. You got Jesus in your boat, <laughs> you ain't got nothing to worry about. But if you don't, let me explain something to you just a moment. When you were born as a human on this planet Earth, you had the breath of life only for so long. You're like a temporary charge. God says man's days may, may be no more than 120, somewhere in there. Most of us don't make it that long. Some of us don't know if we're going to make it to tomorrow. But I'm telling you this, you've got just a temporary charge. And there'll be times along the way you'll find things to help reboost you. You'll, you'll overcome this situation. And, and, and so, so what happens in the end? The Bible says it's appointed once to man to die. We have to die to this, this way of life. This earth suit is wearing out. And we will all die. And it says we will face the judgment. And then all of eternity... 
will make this life seem like a light affliction, but for a moment. But so that you wouldn't have to go to hell, Jesus came as God in the flesh. He became one of us. He gave us a reset. He said, I'll not only give you life, I'll give you life more abundantly. I've taken your sins and I've cast them as far as the east is from the west. I've made a way where there was no way. And I'm calling you today. If you'll give me your heart, if you'll trust me, is there anything about you that you can really rely on? You need Jesus. I needed Jesus. I gave my heart to him. Now he gave me eternal life. For my unrighteous behavior, he gave me a right standing with God. He gave me eternity. And he'll do that for you today. If you're worried, you're concerned about tomorrow, if you don't have Jesus, I understand. I was once there. I was a nervous wreck. Life made no sense. But when somebody told me that Jesus died on my cross so that I could know him, I could have the Holy Spirit, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, resurrect my life, I jumped on it. I, I repented of my sins and gave my heart to him, and I've been redeemed and relieved ever since. Ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. He just asks that you believe he is who he says he is, that he died on your cross, and that he was raised from the dead, and that you repent of your sins, and you come to him humbly, say, I need you. Would you pray with me like this today? Just close your eyes wherever you are. Father God, I believe you sent Jesus to save me. Come on, pray this out loud with me. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I repent of my sins. And I give my future and all that I am to you. I believe that on the third day you was resurrected. Resurrect me. I am yours forever. And Holy Spirit, fill me with the power of God, with the plan of God, the ability to see my purpose for living come to pass. I give you all of me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'll close with the scripture I started with. In Psalms 73, 26, it says, My health may fail and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. 
We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.